Warning, the following podcast contains naughty words and opinions. While neither of these has been shown to be hazardous, you should be aware that exposure to both has been known to cause chafing. Apply only to available ear-shaped head holes. Cease insertion if resistance is met. Consider this ye warning. There'll be spoilers ahead. Welcome to Side Slop, the podcast we do whenever we want, however we want, with whoever we want. This week, the whoever we want is Mac. Mac, welcome back. Oh my goodness, it's so good to be back on Cinema Slop. Cinema Slop is like that favorite chair you have at your friend's house, and you're like, no, that's my chair, even though it's, no, you don't actually say it, you're just like, nah, everybody knows that's my chair, and that's what Cinema Slop is to me. Our chair has two grooves, two butt grooves, (laughs) one is your butt groove, and the other one is a cat's. It's just smaller inside your butt. What about Chris? No, Chris has his own chair. Screw that. I'm not letting him mess up your butt groove. Anyway, it's good to be back. I hope your audience isn't sick of me because I'm all over your season. It's so gross. We'll put this like in season six, like when it's, I don't know, (laughs) Jason and I aren't even on the show anymore. (laughs) You're not talking (laughs) to each other. It used to be about the podcast, man. So today we are here to talk about I don't want to say definitively, but one of my first Don the Dragon Wilson experiences, Okay, Black Belt. I hate to do this as a guest, but I feel comfortable with you. It's not Black Belt. It's Black Belt. It's all one word. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> when, I look, when I looked it up in Google, I was like, oh, let me look up some stuff about this movie. And I typed in Black Belt and it brought up a movie from 2007. I was like, that's not right. And then I looked down and I'm like, wait a second. It says Black Belt, like all one wor- word. I'm like, that can't be right. And I, IMDb says that. When I looked at the actual movie, it says Black Belt. It was Black Belt. <laughs> the library program that I use, uh-huh. when I tried to scan in the movie, it came up with a different title, but the right cover. Oh, what's well, a different title? I want to know. I like alternate titles. It's just there's like a name at the end of it. Oh, it has like a subtitle? No, no. Just like, just like a name, like a surname. Oh. Okay, so can we talk about this? Why is this movie named Black Belt? That's a great question because all, we know he's a martial arts instructor. Right. However, they don't ever tell us which martial art. I mean, you assume, I guess, he's a black belt just because he's an instructor, but it doesn't have any bearing on anything. It has no bearing on anything. It's not like he's after a guy who's a black belt. They say he's an expert, but they don't specifically say he's a black belt. It's not like the actual black belt itself, like the actual object has any significance right. in the plot or I don't think you I don't think we ever see him wearing a black yeah, belt. Yeah, you don't do even we? see him wearing a gi with a black belt. Well, even in the sparring scene, he like takes his shirt off, which I was like, well, that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay with it though. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not complaining, but no, I mean this movie actually should have been called something more like, I don't know, Martial Law. Which actually I think he's in another movie called Martial Law. Like... Well, I thought it was a TV series, but Oh, was it? Okay. Okay, so the premise of this film Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Sorry. Just to just to get this out of the way don the dragon wilson is a former police officer with a thing for protecting abused women and he gets hired by a pop singer who's in the debt of the mob with an abusive boyfriend two days before her contract with the mob is up and she's got to need protection before this is over that old chestnut yeah i know right <laughs> now let's crack this open and see what color the inside goo is oh ooh. well i'd say it's gonna be a purple mob i mean i only eat chocolates that are shaped like chestnuts that you crack open and then there's a filling but you know not a bad rule to live by <laughs> no <I'm> diabetic <laughs> <laughs> well we have to talk about this you can't put them on salads john but it's a <laughs> waldorf just... salad <laughs> <laughs> no i this movie's 86 minutes and i just was in my notes i was like yes 86 minutes that means there's not going to be any filler there's not going to be anything <laughs> to get in the way of the action it's just going to be boom 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 
Wham Bam, thank you, Movie Watch. This is a Roger Corman production, so you you know as soon as you see that that it's going to be. Lean, is this Concord? To say the least, it's it's New Concord. Yeah, it is New Concord. I didn't even notice that. How could I not notice that? I don't know, especially since it said executive producer Roger Corman. I didn't. I totally missed out on that. Where was my brain at? Okay. I'm okay with it. And it has all his hallmarks. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. You can tell from the introduction of the villain and the hero immediately that like what kind of movie this is. <laughs> One, you meet the villain first. Right. But the villain, like he brings his girl back to the hotel room and then he just was like, hold on a minute. And he goes next door, knocks on the door and kills six guys. And you're like, I like where this movie is going. I li- I actually loved that. The, the, the thing about it was he could have been the good guy. I mean, except for the fact that he was like a giant monstrous human being. Being like amalgamation of muscles and anger but well yeah. yeah but like he could have been like i'm gonna go uh make love to this woman before that i gotta take care of some business and he could have been the good guy he could have been it could have been one of those movies where he's like clint eastwood where he's a towering figure but he's right. still the good guy he does things his own way and we don't get the sense that the guys he's beating up and killing are bad guys at least i didn't no i mean i was defaulting to killing six people bad i yeah, mean, I, was right. that I mean I, it, it's, it's definitely framed that way and he's not doing it in a heroic fashion he's very doing it in a very creepy i'm a bad guy kind of fashion but i just thought that was odd it's, it's got a villainy drug runner sense to it, it does you know? but then he's like and i put in my notes i was like eh, nothing like a little bit of fighting and fornicating <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the two things are separate just to be just to be clear there's not he's not fighting the woman he's fighting guys and then He's going to go fornicate. But then he goes back, and, and, and I love when he goes back to the, his lady in the hotel room. He's got like a tape recorder, and on the tape recorder is music. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. He's setting the mood. It's got a heart of gold. <laughs> as a casting note, I just, as we're preparing for this romantic rendezvous, right. I just want to point out the only thing I know this guy from is playing the mute alien from I Come in Peace. Oh, yeah, that's that guy. That guy's massive. The only thing that I know this guy from is making Dolph Lundgren look small. Okay, can we make a pact right now? Can we talk (laughs) about I Come in Peace? Yeah, sure. At some point. I don't care if it's on this show or my show. At some point. Pinky swear. Pinky swear. Do it. But getting back to it, yeah, it's that guy. He's absolutely huge. And he's got really long metal hair. And um, he's just all muscles. Oh, yeah, easily. Without even doing anything, he could just be Thor. It's pretty crazy, but you find out that the, his lady is a prostitute because she's like, you know, for a hundred bucks we can do any hundred bucks more we can do anything you want, right? And I'm like, oh, it's it's a prostitute, but hey, you know. Well, and is that the moment that you were like, okay, so he's not a good guy? It's, that's the thing. It's like that's the implication that he's not. So we cut from that to more prostitutes, um, but in this case, <laughs> oh yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, in this case, it's it's a young black girl who appears to be on her first day on the job. And she has. Sorry, it's just, you said it like that. Like she was like, you know, she she just started out uh, working behind the counter at Target. She's having a rough go of it. <laughs> she's on the streets and getting her first John, you know. She does. She gets uh, selected by a corpulent oil baron of a white man. I don't know. This particular Texan drives her away and and her what's uh, the assistant regional manager or no, the pimp. Uh <laughs> He comes to intercede. Michael Scott, he is not. But the pimp, you know, gets a little heavy handed. And this is when Don the Dragon Wilson shows up. Did you say a little? He- Wait a second. A little heavy handed. <laughs> he backhands her and then takes off his belt and whips her with his belt. I was like, oh, <laughs> snap. I was like, what is this movie? And, and honestly, OK, so this is how fucked up my brain is. He, he belts her 
with the belt in the face. In the face! And this is while he's screaming about his investment. And I was like, you are a bad investor, sir. (laughs) You, sir, should know who's ready and who's not. That's the job of a pimp. No, I just mean like you're the kind of guy who buys a $9,000 coffee table and doesn't use coasters, okay? <laughs> this is your own fault. That's right, man. Now you've got water stains. What are you going to do? Those ain't, those ain't coming out. Because this is the takeaway that we need to be talking about, not the fact that he's a horrible, horrible human who's beating the shit out of somebody he's <laughs> And objectifying to. somebody for his own wealth. But lucky for us, we got Don. Don shows up. Don shows up. Uh, c- excuse me. He's the dragon. I don't know what you're talking about. Who's this I did Don not guy? mean to demote him. I yeah. He is the dragon. Not just a dragon. The Dragon. His name somewhere, it was on IMDb or Letterboxd somewhere. I expected the dragon to be in quotes, but Don the Dragon was in quotes. So like it was like, quote, Don the Dragon, unquote. Yeah, I've seen Wilson. that. Yeah, so it's Don the Dragon. So he's also a Don, as in like he's the boss. Who, what am I supposed to believe? Is he really Terry the Cat? Like, <laughs> is this his pseudo name is Don? I mean, I can't believe anything this guy says. <laughs> That's a very valid point. Sorry, that was really funny. <laughs> At least Sonny Chiba was really named Sonichi, so I mean... That's right. It was just a bastardization, but I... What's this Don bullshit? What's this? Who, who are you, really? You can edit this. Trust me, I will. I edit everything. <laughs> chop, 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 chop. Oh, no! Here he comes with his blade. We should have watched Blade. He intercedes, and he beats the ever-living shit out of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that when he's done, he's like... Because he was obviously investigating and trying to find this girl to, for his, uh, the mother to take her off the streets, you know, because she had just been run away. That's the implication. Yeah. And he's like, he returns the daughter to the mother and he's like, he's like, here's the money that we promised. And he's like, keep your money. He's like, you don't pay me to take out the trash. At this point, we know everything that we need to know about this bad guy who turns out not even to be the central bad guy. And then the good guy, you know, but like everything is, this is Roger Corman. It's, it's white is black. Yes. There's, there's a clear delineation. There's no ambiguity <laughs> and we are off to the races. You That's know? It. it. And it doesn't waste your time, which I'm fine with because you're the, just there for action and TNA. You know, this is from 1992. So it's action and TNA and it doesn't waste your time with a lot of characterization and plot. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Which I'm like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for that. But what this movie does waste your time with, with is a lot of generic rock set breaks. Oh, God. Why? I watched this movie with headphones on uh, because it was late at night. And I was like, you know what? For being generic imitation, non-government <laughs> processed, non-rock set food product, this is pretty good. <laughs> it's not USDA choice, but hey. This is at least dog food grade. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's the wet dog food. Give me that at least. You could, you could, if you were desperate, you would eat it. If the dry one, you're not going to eat. But if it's wet, you'll eat it. You'll eat the wet dog food. That's what exactly. Yeah. If you're, if it's, it's like zombie apocalypse kind of situation, <laughs> you're eating that can of dog food, and you'll like it. <laughs> and that's what this movie is. It's wet dog food. Don't take that out of context. No, we meant that as a compliment. We meant that as a compliment. Daggone it! What do you think about? Don the Dragon Wilson, what do you think about him as a leading man, as a action star? Because he's not an actor. I mean, he is and he isn't. Have you ever um, gone to a radio shack and there's a guy who knows a lot about transistors? Too much, yes. He has the charisma of that guy, but he kicks so good. (laughs) I like him. I just don't think he's... And we talked about this because we talked about a movie called Blood Fist on my show, Super Movie Ball. Uh, listen to it wherever you get your podcast. And I like that movie, and I like him, but he's not a leading man. He he works better as a supporting character. His his line delivery is not bad. No, not at all. He's able to get through the scene, but like when he walks up, you know, 
<laughs> when he walks up for the romantic kiss, it kind of looks like he's checking his mark to make sure his toes are in the right spot, you know? Like, <laughs> well, it's, it's when you said that, I thought you were going to say, uh, when he goes up for the romantic kiss, it's like he's walking up to check into his hotel. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, also that, yeah. Also, because I think that I think that's what it is. It's like he's just. I've seen interviews with him, and I'm like, he seems like a real nice guy. Actually, he seems like oh, a really, sure, yeah. really good dude, and he doesn't seem like too full of himself. But I think if you're talking about like, he should be sort of like a level of you know, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Sure. Where he should have a little bit of moxie to him. He has, he's got a, he's got a little bit of arrogance to him just to give him that oomph, to give him that presence. He's lacking the presence, I think. And that's what kills it for me. I didn't want to derail too much, but I kind of needed to get your thoughts on it. And I think we're on the same page. Well, can, can I derail your derail? Uh, yes, you can. This is a double sidebar. Uh, (laughs) so the romantic scene, which it doesn't matter when or why, but he beds down with the, uh, the, the singer girl that hasn't even been introduced yet. (laughs) That's all right. I thought that their making love scene was hilarious because the the shot is like over over top of them. So it's like you can see the person's face that's lying on their back and then you see the other one like you see their back. Yes. Don like does the I'm going to kiss down towards your, you know, towards your pelvis like and you're like, oh, implied oral sex. And right. then it just dissolves to her to them being in reverse positions and her kissing down towards his pelvis. And I was like, Oh, so just one, two, and then sex. Okay, cool. We're done. Three shots. (laughs) Shot, reverse shot on the sex. Everybody, everybody, we get it. Okay, good. But like, it would have been a jump cut if they hadn't dissolved. Like it was just like, Oh, so the dissolves, they imply the passage of time. So he went down on her and then she went down on him and then they did the sex. And, um, I think did the sex is the right term. (laughs) There's not even any grinding or anything, but they're, they're going to show it, but not all of it. No, no. Yeah. We did the sex, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We did the sex. Check that box. There. So when we had the lights down low for the nighttime bedroom scene, we did the sex. Yeah. Okay. That was the sex. Okay. Good. Check box. Good. Cool. All right. We did brunch afterwards. Okay. Good. (laughs) Back to the movie. Back to the movie. Wait, we're talking about the movie. All the, all the Russian contract stuff is sort of, interesting because they they spend a lot of time building this movie up like the the russian mobster or not russian the italian mobsters yeah are the the villains and the main focal point and like all this melodrama of the contract with our our main starlet character but then it turns out that like one of the hired henchmen from the the cattery or coterie of bad people is is big guy from the beginning and he has this weird psychosis where he's projecting the image of like his mother onto the singer and she's covering one of his mom's songs and so suddenly he goes all psycho and starts like horror movie like in the middle of this mobster drama yeah i kind of dug it (laughs) i did too here's the thing about this this movie is paint by the numbers it races through a trope to get to another trope. It's the tropiest trope that ever troped as far as this movie goes. But then, but then it has some crazy stuff that just happens. Right. And I don't know if you want me to skip ahead. If I can skip ahead to Shanna. Okay, Shanna, she's our singer. I think, is it Shana or Shanna? I want to say Shana. But okay, Shana. Notoriously horrible names. So. Okay, I can't remember. It's, even though I just watched this like two hours ago. Not important. She's the singer that the dragon is supposed to protect she says i don't like cops and he and don the dragon who's like well i used to be a cop who's now a martial arts instructor 
He's like, what do you got against cops? He's like, she's like, my father was a cop. And he's like, well, my father was a cop too. And you know, I was a cop. And she's like, yeah, but did your father rape you? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what, what is this movie? Like, the it'll, only it'll way do you like, can answer that is yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that movie, if, if he answered yes, this movie got a lot more interesting. <laughs> I'll just say that. But it was like, what in the heck? Like, this movie has, like, the most bare bones, like, you've seen it a thousand times, action movie tropes. And then it'll just, like, drop bombs on you here and there. And what you're talking about with the serial killer, like, having this obsession, this, like, um, what do they call it? It's, like, not Oedipus Complex. Is that what it's called? Oedipus Complex? Uh, it's, it's an Oedipus Complex, but it's also, like... It's like Norman Bates's like projection on top of an Oedipus complex. Yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of crazy. So that happens because he's in love with his mother and he had a sexualized relationship with his mother, which we flash back to multiple times. Yeah, which his mom seduces him, which is like a weird extra detail. Like, it's not like he's fantasizing about his mom. He's like, no, his mom straight up was like, you're my my little husband. Yeah, absolutely. And she like, I don't know if she was a prostitute or just promiscuous. Either way, she was getting it on with random dudes. She was a flapper girl. <laughs> hey. <laughs> anyway, so that's happening. It, it drops these little nuggets of like, I wasn't expecting that, which mm-hmm. made the movie interesting. And I t- I'm with you. This is the long way around because that's the way I do things, John. And that's why you have me on the show. I'm going the long way around to tell you, I totally agree with you. And I kind of dug that the serial killer had some weird like characterization that yeah. you were not expecting. I, I appreciated that swerve because suddenly the plot wasn't just about this contract and like, you know, mob right. heavies coming to collect a do, you know, like it derailed it in the best way possible. Like it kicked it over on a sidetrack <laughs> that I was not expecting, but I was like, whatever, I'm on for this ride now, you know? So, yeah, I don't know where this is going. I mean, I, I do because it's very tropey, but right. there was parts of it that I was like, I wasn't expecting that. And I just, in my notes, I'm like, uh, what even is this movie? Like, where's this going with this? And so I appreciated that because it kept my attention because it could have gotten very dry and dull and very rote. It's like, yeah, we, we get there. Come on, we get it. We get it. But then it just throws something crazy at you and you're like, oh, I got to pay attention. I got to pay attention to see what's going on. Where's this, where's this going to? The the nice thing though is it doesn't reveal it all in one moment because yeah. you, that, that woman from the beginning, like they find her with a missing finger dead and they Don runs into his partner and his partner's just like, yeah, come along for the ride, which I was like, wait, ex cops get to just hang out on crime scene. Like, you know, it's so funny. You see that a lot in movies. It's like, Hey man, we need to pull you back in for this one. You know, I'm out, you know, I walked away from that man. Don't ask me to do that. We've seen that before, but, but in this one, it's not even that it's like, Hey, do you want to go to the corner of crime stop? Like, (laughs) he's like, Hey, there's a crime scene around the corner. You want to check it out? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, man. It's fun. I've been in a while. Let's do it, man. I had a hankering. Yeah, that's that's the way this movie handles it. And I'm I'm the older I get, the more I'm okay with it because there's such a like camaraderie with sure um, yeah. jobs like police officers and firefighters that if you've ever been on a ride along with either one of those things, I kind of believe that those kind of things happen. That people mm-hmm. are like, "Look, man, I know you're retired, but can you give me something on this case or whatever?" That I I want to believe somewhere that that kind of stuff maybe does happen like we always think that it's like whoa that's inappropriate you're not a cop you don't have authority here you're just a member of the public you're not allowed to come in into a police investigation that's not exactly how cut and dry things go well i think in the 70s especially it was probably pretty common but like as things are more and more like uh, everybody's wearing a body cam and you know like all that stuff like everything's more public right it's gonna be less and less of 
of that sort of thing. But I think in this era, you're right. It probably wasn't as, as weird as I, as I reacted to it. Well, no, I don't think you're reacting weird to it. I just, I want to, I, that's this, this is me. And I'm like, yeah, this is 25 plus years ago. This could have happened. A cop could have been pulled in on a case in 1992 that used to be a cop relatively recently. And if he was good at his job, why not pull him in if he's going to solve a crime? You know what I mean? He knows procedure and he's not going to he's not going to take the law into his own hands, which he kind of does. But yeah, the movie does that. And you're like, okay, that's a cliche. But then like it just does. It has little clever things to subvert things, you know, like when the singer shows up with Don on the crime scene and they reference like, oh, you ever heard of that club? <laughs> His partner is like, yeah, it's where all the middle-aged people go. And like the manager is like, it's where all the hot new acts are. <laughs> it's like, so <laughs> he looks still, straight down the barrel of the camera. He's like, it's where it's just hilariously. Like they, they take these things. And I think there's enough self-awareness that they know what they're doing, but it's not so self-aware that it's obnoxious about it. You know, I totally agree. And it does it fairly well i mean this is still a b movie so it's not i'm not oh, gonna say sure. it's great or anything but it does it fairly well but you've got a spaghetti slurping mob boss and i'm just like really but then you have like incest what is this movie like this is all over the map and in kind of the best way possible right now, it, it, and it works in a way this is why i like roger corman is that he can kind of produce this stuff i'm like really peanut butter and chocolate i don't know if that'll work well it kind of works actually it's kind of it's kind of and that, that works. It works really good, actually. That I'm like, you, you didn't do it right. I mean, you put the peanut butter and toast, you know, in bubblegum. <laughs> but that's that's we'll we'll fix that later. Maybe it works better on, you know, by itself or or an ice cream. But like, no, I th- I think I like your idea. But that's Roger Corman is that he has these nuggets and he doesn't know what to do with them. And he's like, eh, you can do something with this. I, I guess to that end, I mean. Plot wise, I don't know how much more you really want to cover because I think this movie's more just fun in general. Is are there any highlights that you want to hit? You know, um, there's one bad scene, like you said. There's a bunch of scenes where, like, she's singing. Uh, she sings a song called "I'm on a Love Rocket," which, which is please, a- please play a clip of that. Please play a clip so people can understand <laughs> what I'm talking about. How bad this song is. It doesn't last very long, thankfully. But I'm just like, ooh. I'm on- It also it's it's about as subtle as bicycle ride by Queen, you know, like <laughs> right or my love gun by uh, Kiss, or as as they say in Spinal Tap, do you like that? It's called lick my love pump. <laughs> lick my love. <laughs> Actually, this is this. Can I mention this? This they they go to the warehouse because they're running from the gangsters and the hit because the mm-hmm. gangsters put a hit on them. They go to the warehouse. Not a great scene as far as like. The action goes, but the music is actually pretty good. I was listening to the music. I was like, you know, for a low budget movie, and this movie's obviously low budget, mm-hmm. the music is actually really well done. I don't know if you noticed that at all, but I, I, I actually I, in the exact same scene, <laughs> the exact same thought. Like somebody put thought into this music, and it and it shows. I like that somehow, almost in every major fight scene, the dragon gets his shirt either ripped off or he like takes it off. Right. There's something just funny and kind of awesome about it. You know, it's very Chuck Norris, like, I'm a man. In in that warehouse scene specifically, one of my favorite moments was the dragon goes to take cover behind a cardboard box and he knocks over the entire stack of empty cardboard boxes <laughs> onto himself. And they kept it in the movie for some reason. Oh, it's fine. It's for our enjoyment. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And, and then, of course, he the bad guy shoots at something and he just fake dives over as if he got shot. <laughs> 
And when the bad guy is like, ha he just shoots him. Yeah, he's, he's like, ha I finally got him. And then he just like, he's like, no, I'm still alive. And he's like, oh, no, I've been shot. And that's the whole scene. He would have died how many times in that? Because cardboard boxes, I don't care not- what's in them unless it's like lead, are not good it's like cover. microwaves, you know, like. <laughs> I was like, you're so dead. You're hiding behind cardboard boxes. You're dead, man. They kept doing shots like they would put the cardboard box in the foreground and then have him like popping out. But like they would be shooting off parts of the cardboard box in the foreground and you could see there was nothing in it. Right. And in some cases, it was just a single piece of cardboard that they were holding in front of the lens. Yes. And you could see straight in through the light. That's, uh, oh, it's so good. It's uh, but it, it, it's it's fine and it works. And you're just like you just suspend your disbelief and you're just like, OK, at that point of the movie, you're you're on board with the premise of this movie that he's basically unstoppable. If you're not having a good time, you've turned it off way before that point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's one shot that's really funny to me. The best friend drops of the of the singer, Shayna, drops <laughs> her wedding dress and a wedding magazine in the same shot. And when she gets captured by the serial killer, like it just drops and, and it's all in frame on the floor and it looks it's so hilarious. It's like how if it was a comedy that's how that would be shot. It was. It's just shot so not poorly because it looks good. Everything's in focus, and it's. But it looks very like music video. Like all it needs is like no dialogue with music over it. Well, and and can I just say about the the best friend? Uh, and, yeah. And this is mostly me probably reacting to the wardrobe, but for oh, most yeah. for most of the movie, she like pops out of like the kitchen when Don shows up at you know, the singer's house. Oh, so you're here to see uh, Shayna. She's wearing the highest waisted mom jeans and like a very poorly fitting flannel. <laughs> and I was like, is this the nineties like lesbian? That's like just a really good friend trope. Like, because she comes in and she's like very concerned about like who Don is, why he's coming around. And then he, she's like, did you fall in love with her yet? Like there's a little bit of like a jealous note. Like there's a little, yeah. She's like, I, I all know. the all the guys love Shayna. Yeah. So there's a little bit of the, um, like, I don't know. She's like Daria's friend. But if Daria's friend was obviously crushing on Daria, you know? Exactly. Like, to be fair, it's 1992 and everybody was dressing like that. Especially girls, high-waisted jeans with flannel. But I agree with you. Everybody was dressing like that, but there was something weird about her. And she was, it was, if we were watching this back in 1992, we would have thought the same thing, is my point. Well, and I'm just saying like, so the, the wedding magazine happened and I was like, that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another magazine point where Shayna is on the cover. Uh, and then in the corner, it says a uh, Pearl Jam exclusive, which I laughed because it was a fake magazine cover. And I right. was like, really, Roger, you had to sneak that in there. I was like, to try to make it seem real. I was like, good for you, buddy. You you have no shame. And I love that about you. Well, it's like the magazine is like, instead of Tiger Beat, it's Liger Beat, you know? Like- <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Liger Beat. Got to keep bringing up Liger. Uh, oh. No, you're fine. You could- It's a good callback. Um, I just, the fighting in this is okay. It's nothing to write home about. It's it's proficient, but it's not like going to blow you away if you've ever seen a Jackie Chan or a Bruce Lee movie. No, if this is nowhere near that. I'm going to skip to the end here and we can go back and forth. But mm-hmm. 
the killer puts a playing card because it's his calling card in in blood on his windshield on the dragon's windshield that says your place in blood and so he goes he kicks open the door of his dojo where he teaches people and there's 13 guys i counted i paused there's 13 guys waiting for him and they all appear to be martial artists or at least tough guys and they all fight him one one by one there's only one point where they both like three guys grab him but they come at him one by one. And I'm like, really? One by one? I was like, everybody acts like all martial arts movies are like that. And I'm like, no, watch Fist of Fury. Mm-hmm. Watch any Jackie Chan movie from like the 70s up. There's like a whole bunch of times where Jackie Chan is like getting beat up by like three different guys. Right. And he has to like power through and like have a Rocky moment where he like like beats these three guys up. And it's amazing. And the same thing with Bruce Lee and other Kung Fu movies. I was like watching it. And I was like, man, this is. The, the actual fighting one-on-one is okay, like you said, but it's just, why am I watching six guys in the background wait for their turn? Well, and did you listen to the ADR for this scene? <laughs> How could I not? It was in the, it was in the, uh, on the primary channel. Yeah, man, get him, kick him in the face, mess his face up. Like you said, there were 12 guys, okay? Mm-hmm. And there was two voices on the ADR, and they were the most active, like, cheerleaders I have ever heard in my life. Oh, my, it was, but, it was like a video game. But when you... Every single time they cut to a wide shot, all 12 of the guys were like stone faced silent. So stone faced, like, standing still, not like even pumped, like waiting for their turn, like with their shoulders moving or they like weren't even moving the and trying to wait, fighter wait for a window. Yeah. They're just like standing there. So every time you cut into a close up, all of a sudden there's a chorus of, yeah, get him, Billy. Do it now. <laughs> you know, Mess his face up. That was, I was cracking my ass up at that. Oh, it was great. I mean, it's like a cartoon. Yeah, for sure. And the one part where uh, the dragon is facing off with the mob boss, he's hired like another martial arts champion. And the dragon's like, I saw you fight. You're a champion. What are you doing fighting for this loser mob boss? (laughs) And he's like, whoever pays me the most. And so they get up. A dragon obviously takes his shirt off because that's in his contract. And so they start fighting. And the best part about it is the mob boss, like, I was waiting for, like, Tom and Jerry music with high-pitched violins in the background because the mob boss is, like, sneaking behind them. So I was waiting for, because he's just, like, sneaking behind them with a gun while they're fighting. And I was like, this is shot so terrible. I was like, why is the mob boss, like, sneaking behind him, like, tiptoeing, like, you don't see me. You don't see me. I'm going to shoot you. And it's so ridiculous, but in the best, it's like the the most charming way possible where I was like, movie, you're trying your best, aren't you? All right, movie, you go. You got me. I'm on board. It's like when your dog tries to sneak a piece of pizza off the table. You're like, I see you. I see you. Uh, You you, you rascal, you. (laughs) Uh, You know I'm going to give it to you, but don't do it. Ah, You're a bad (laughs) And that's what this movie is. It's wet dog food. Don't take that out of context. I think we've covered it pretty well. I just have a list of my favorite things. Is there anything else that you let's do? Let's do a listicle. Let's I want to hear this. So just one uninterrupted tirade. Let's do it. My note is just this movie's got it all. Face kicks, rock set esque lounge singers, flower box based subterfuge, mm-hmm. martial arts schools, people needing bodyguards and refusing to hire bodyguards. Oh, yeah. Former cops being brought in on the case. That's right. 1990s. Good friends. Yeah. Literally card based calling, calling cards. <laughs> Villains that you might remember from West Side Story or Twin Peaks. <laughs> Too many intersecting backstories. Yes. Nameless hit people action scenes. You know it. Pinning murders on the killer when the person pinning is the killer. <laughs> Breakaway everything. That's a good point. Women wearing men's shirts. The schwab partner. 
warehouses, interrogation by artifact, <laughs> serial killers misidentifying their mothers, that Klingon slash alien from Star Trek 6 slash I come in peace, <laughs> oh, yes. unnecessary risk Barbara, environmental car ramps, barrels labeled explosives, trading punches, <laughs> and my favorite lines, the fat partner running away right before a fight saying, I'm going to leave now because I hate to see people bleed unnecessarily. <laughs> The bad guys, after blowing up a car and Don and the girl running away safely, going, shit, there they are. Oh, yes. I'd love that. <laughs> they, their car gets turned over and the gangsters go up and it's supposed to be like they run up on the car as yeah. the car just turned over and they empty all their guns into it. But it's done so slowly and it's edited so poorly <laughs> that it's like, yeah, they've been gone for like 20 minutes. Where you guys been at? You were just right behind them. You made them flip their car. And then they're like. Oh, wait, there they are over there. Oh, <laughs> crap. We wasted all our ammo. <laughs> oh, it's it so good. It's so good. Let's see. Uh, Not bad. Good. The girl, um, the singer breaks up with her abusive boyfriend and the romantic pitch for Don to like go to bed with her is Bobby and I are finished. <laughs> uh, and then at the very end in the, in the climactic fight, one of the tough guys gets stabbed uh, and off screen. One of the ADR guys goes, oh, come on, man. <laughs> I know that happens like another time. There's some guy to get kicked that gets kicked in the face, and I that same line is like, "Oh, come on, come on, guy, come on." <laughs> so that's my summary. I I don't know if uh, if you wanted to add some of your own or that was brilliant enough. I don't. I think I would just ruin it if I tried to add any more than what I've already said. This movie has some surprising moments and some very rote moments that you're totally expecting that you've seen a thousand times, but overall it's it's it moves so brisk that it's like it's like a pulp novel yeah you know what you're getting into all right so in, in the cinema slop tradition how does that shake out is that an up or a down well before i do that i have to mention one last thing you said one last thing and i'm sorry i, okay, I gotta no. do this but uh and i was watching the credits because I, I like watching the credits um and it's not because of the marvel thing but it's just like my family it's like a tradition like when we go to the ball game it's like you always stay to the end or if you're watching the movie you always watch the credits and the reason being is that because a lot of people worked really hard in this movie even if the movie wasn't very good somebody worked really hard in it so the least you can do is sit through the credits and sometimes i like watching them because you see a lot of the same names pop up especially with good productions but there's a, a credit in here i don't know if you saw it john for a badass fighter that's his that was his name like he wasn't <laughs> that wasn't uh instead of just like guy number three it just said badass fighter was one of the credits for that's this awesome. guy and so i was like that's awesome i was like that's great i'd love to be credited in a movie as badass fighter <laughs> that would be pretty cool so i thought that was good it's not a bad movie it's predictable but it moves swiftly enough and i give it an up i think it's i i enjoyed it i actually was excited to talk about this movie and i had a good time watching it I think I'm I'm right there with you. It is a low budget, not particularly great action film, but you can tell the people that made it were like, we've made enough of these that we still want to surprise the audience. And, and they put a little bit of extra into making this movie stand out in a crowded field of generic low budget action films, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about? If you could listen to Super Movie Ball, if you like this show... You'll probably like mine because our shows are very close cousins. Uh, I'd like to think that John and Jason and I are our spiritual brothers as far as movies go. And our podcasts are our children and therefore our cousins. So if you like 
this cinema slop you might like super movie ball check it out if you want supermovieball.com itunes soundcloud or anywhere else you can get your podcast all right well with that thanks for listening we love you ah we do love you That's it for this episode of Cinema Slop. You can visit us on the web at cinemaslop.com for show notes and other garbage. Or if you want to follow us on social media or pitch your Walter Chang's inventory choices to us, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all under Cinema Slop. The music for this episode was provided by Vandalay. You can find them on the Facebooks at Vandalay Music or vandalaymusic.com. That's V A N D A L A Y music.com. No, he was not going to mess up my butt groove. I worked really hard on the butt groove. His butt's real soft. Yours is all sharp and pointy. <laughs> it is. It has angular uh, aspects to it. It's kind of weird, but I like my butt. I've grown to like it and accept it for who it is, and I believe everybody else should too. I'm just saying, at first I thought your polygons needed a little bit more extra <laughs> triangles, but you know. It's an acquired taste. That's all I'll say. <laughs>